This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. March has arrived, and we are only weeks away from the big tournament, that tournament. Make sure to head to Bet Online and open an account today to get on in on their $100,000 Bracket Madness contest starting on March 15th. That's right, I said $100,000 and March 15th. You don't need to be hardcore to get in on the action, and with multiple entries available, it's this season's best chance to cash in. And remember, the NBA and XFL, and if you're into that, are still going strong. So whatever your passion is, Bet Online is the place to be for all your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, Bet Online, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure that you use that promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for your 50% sign-up bonus. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Three on one. Bagley the step. Bagley with the dunk. And you can put it in the book and send it to the line. There it is. Buddy Hill alone at the top of the King's record book. Oh, I like this. The Fox Force 5 in the open court. Fox into the lane. Oh, you don't like that. You don't like King's basketball. Oh. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse Podcast. My name is Brendan Nunez. Got Rich Ivanowski on here, as we usually do. How are you doing, Rich? Uh, I'm doing good, man. I am pretty tired. I've been covering this high school tournament at Golden One Center, which is really cool. Actually, really cool. If you have any interest in that, check it out at the Sacramento Bee. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, I missed last night's game because of it and uh, only got to catch the second half of tonight's game. Uh, but, I mean, listen, this is interesting basketball, right? It is. There's, like, a purpose to this. Like, I wasn't expecting meaningful games, really, at this point. Um, but, you know, post-All-Star break, all of a sudden they've won four of five since then. Um, and, yeah, it's starting to get a little interesting, you know. Three games out of the eight spot in the Western Conference with a little over 20 games remaining. So it definitely is starting to get interesting here. You're going to ask me if I believe in this team, or you don't have to? I mean, you you better. Mm. Mm. No? No. Like, believe there's a chance, right? Like, come on. What's your – all right. Mm. What's what's percentages? Are we doing this? If you want to, yeah. I mean, I, 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 yeah. I, I think it's very low. I think it's very low still. What is uh, very, what is very low? Like I said it at ten with Samuel Black in the last episode. That's fine. That, that's fine. Ten percent is fine. That's now, that, that's. I'm starting I'm to feel a little better, so I'm gonna give it five more than that. I'm going fifteen after these last two games, but yeah. Well, so okay, I missed. Like I said, I missed the Oklahoma City game, but I thought that I'd be cool. Missing that because I saw that they were up big when I was able to check on my phone, and then I got home and I saw that they had lost. So what's the deal? Yeah, so uh, going into third quarter, like first half, so um, OKC has that three guard lineup, right? Um, and I mean, even when it's not, you're not talking Schroeder, you're talking Dort in the starting lineup. Shea was their three pretty much at the start guarding Barnes and Sacramento just abused that posted them up over and over, um, a high low with Harry Giles. And if they were disrespecting Giles, like that, that mid range, that jumper from the nail from the free throw line, he had that down. Um, I'm all with you. They, at some point, this man's going to have a three point shot. Um, but yeah, they were just absolutely abusing that. Um, and then in 
the and Sacramento had what was it? I think eleven of their uh yeah eleven of their fourteen free throw attempts in the first half, and OKC has eight free throws in the third quarter to Sacramento's none. Um, they put um they put Diallo Diallo. Hamadou Diallo, 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 there you go, you know, the dunk guy. Yeah, dunk winner, yeah, dunk contest winner. <laughs> um, they put him in the game on Barnes, and he's just way bigger than SGA or Dort, um, and completely staggered SGA and Chris Paul. And in that third quarter, um, they really did um, – OKC did a good job of getting to the line um, and – the big one big thing that stood out to me is like they started to willingly take mid range shots, which they weren't really doing before. But those are the looks that Sacramento was kind of giving up, and they finally were like, "Oh, we have Chris Paul, one of the like leftover great mid range shooters. We should just yeah, start he, pulling these." He really is. He's a killer in that in that sort of elbow area. Yeah, and you know he was just he just started hitting them with those. Um, and also for some reason, uh, Bielita played the five for a while. And I think there was a little eight Oh run during that stretch. It didn't last long. Um, but Lennon Giles have been a, have been a serviceable one, two center rotation. Um, and I think that was one of the few times this road trip we've seen Bielita at the five and it didn't go very well. Um, but it's kind of just a long way of saying like the third quarter, it started to be what you expected. Like, really, OKC was just like, okay, we're the better team. They started to get chippy. They started to um, – the guys that are playing off the ball are digging in a little harder. Um, and there, you know, I guess you could say there were some questionable calls. I mean, Grant will tell you that there were a lot of questionable calls. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, he's been on the rest cases. But, you know, I mean, there were – some questionable decisions, I guess, and then once you start to feel the momentum go the other way, there are a couple really bad turnovers that happened, but I mean, I, I still think that even though you blew a lead in the OKC game, I, I think that you, the Kings are looking like a respectable team, and there's so many times this year that you were not able to say that. Well, one thing that's definitely not been lost on me, I've been stuck with some highlight packages, uh, but I've seen some full games as well since the break, and Harry is a revelation. And, um, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right about that sort of uh, top of the key, you know, jump right at the nail. They left him wide open tonight on one of those Memphis did. Yeah, I was like, dude, shoot it. Come yeah. on. Yeah, don't – yeah, don't – yeah, that you have to guard Harry out to there at least, and he did. I mean, he just put that one down. He – that's his kind of shot. I really do think – I really do think that he's going to be a great stretch four one day. Uh, maybe not great. Like, maybe that that's kind of like a – I don't know how, how, you know, greatness can be like – don't perceive that as like an all-NBA player necessarily, but I think he's going to be a very, very useful quality stretch four player for some team eventually, um, and I yeah I don't think it's going to be the Kings. Um, I think that they're kind of using him as a traditional five. I saw today that he – let me just guess. Let me have you guess this. What percentage of his minutes this year has deflated at the four, and what percent at the five? Um, I mean, has he really played at the four at all? Like, is it like 90-10, 90 yeah. at center? 98 percent center yeah I think that's whack I think that's a mistake I think that he's another example honestly of a of a guy kind of being misutilized um he's still been good but I think that they're not really playing to his strengths like I mean just last year he played uh 67 percent of his minutes at power forward and I think that's more of his natural position but that has not been lost on me that Harry Giles has been great um now I was just looking back the last uh, let's see here. Ten games, he's averaging eleven points, seven rebounds. Yeah, uh, hitting sixty-five percent of his shots. Uh, yep, four of those five games that Sacramento's won, uh, he's hit double digits. He, yeah, I mean, he's yeah. definitely he's doing it all, you know. And I will say, in this game, I thought that he was somewhat 
frustrating at times. Uh, it's it's these fouls. I can't get over these fouls. Like it's when a guy is coming towards him, he can't help but put two hands on him, and the refs are gonna blow that every time. Like it's you're not even affecting the shot that much, but you're gonna get that whistle every time. Sure, but I'll tell you something that would help that is like playing him in a more natural position. I think it's kind of hard to not put your hands up when a guy who is bigger than you, taller than you, got a lot of weight on you, is kind of bearing down like that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to give him too many excuses, but I do think that if he were moved to the four, that the fouls might dry up a little bit. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know how I feel about his, like, perimeter defense. Like, let's say, who who was the four tonight? Uh, Kyle Anderson. Could he guard a Kyle Anderson or, like, a Gallinari? Um, I mean, I'm fine. I'm totally fine with it. I mean, I more so than the centers. I'm. I think that it's kind of, kind of on the same level. I think that he's probably got as yeah. much of a chance at guarding Gallo as he does at guarding Stephen Adams. Like, I don't really have that much of an issue with that. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, yeah, you know, when you're looking at a Stephen Adams, Valanciunas, those are big guys, um, and that's just not something that Harry's going to do. Great. But Sacramento's got their own big guy down low now that since coming over, I have been very surprised with Alex Len. Um, he's not like blow you away or anything, but no. I, I think he's fundamental defense. He does a decent job of staying vertical. You know, sometimes he's a little late to his spots, um, but he does a good job of staying vertical and he's huge. Like I didn't realize how big this guy really is. Basketball reference has him seven foot two fifty. Um and his rebounding has been great in these three games. He's a big boy. He's a big old boy, absolutely. I don't know that I'm, like, super excited. I, I sense some excitement in your voice. I think it's fine. I think it's great. I, like, I think it's. I think he's a pretty much a replacement-level big man, and that's fine. Like, that's really good for what the Kings need in this moment with Holmes injured, Bagley injured. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not going to get, like, too excited. Yeah, when Holmes comes back, uh, Alex Lund's out of the rotation, so. Right, and don't – yeah, it's not lost on me that Jabari Parker, like, is already getting uh, DNPs. I love it. Oh, like, man, uh, I'm not a Jabari he, Parker fan. Oh, I get that. You love it. I, I, get, I love that decision, but I, I – what I love even more is how – uh, the Kings spun it to everybody in the world that would listen about how it was a big accomplishment for Vlade to land Parker. And, uh, yeah, he is not playing. Uh, oh, man, I missed the hype up, I guess. You missed the hype? They, yeah, no, no, it, was, it went out among the, the standard Sacramento outlets that Vlade feels it is a great accomplishment to acquire Jabari Parker. He's been trying to get him for a long time. <laughs> and, yeah, now he's he can't see the floor, and they're going to pay him $6.5 million next year as well when he yeah. gets with that option. I wish I had the tweet, but someone put out a great tweet when they signed him saying, oh, great, another number two pick from uh, Duke that can't stay on the floor. Like, oh, him. Yeah. yeah, it does. It wasn't him, <laughs> but it sounds like it could be. Oh, God. Yeah, and then the other new addition that, you know, has been on the team longer than Len, obviously, but um, the base more Risa swap is is really looking good right now. And, I mean, one of the main things I can point it to is that uh, Portland really used Bazemore as a three, and Sacramento seems to be using him as a two and letting him initiate the offense a little bit. And that OKC game, he had some crazy drop-off passes um, and is just doing a great dro- job of – driving to the basket. He's also hitting threes at a ridiculous rate, and that's going to calm down. Uh, he's 39% since he's been in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it's going to calm down, and his finishing around the rim was supposed to be terrible, and it's been decent. So, I mean, I think he's going to cool off a little bit, but he's got some really nice defensive intensity. I think in in this one he got out and got in the passing lanes, got a easy little dunk in transition. And yeah, that was great. He seems to do that somewhat often. Like he's very active on the uh, on the defensive end. And part of me wonders if there's like an energy change with Bazemore. Remember when we talked to Chris Kirshner, he was saying Bazemore oh, yeah. was always the guy saying, we're this many games out of the playoffs. 
And, I mean, it feels somewhat like the energy has altered. I, I don't know if you can put it on base more, but around that time. No, I I don't I can't I can't uh, nitpick anything about that Ariza Bazemore trade. I think that was a good trade. Um, Bazemore, I mean, I I think it's not even about the numbers. You you listen to some numbers and they're good numbers, but like you said, it, I to me it's more that effort and the intensity on defense. Like it is so obvious that he gives a shit when he's on the floor, and I'll just say it felt less obvious whether or not Trevor Ariza gave a shit when he was on the floor. Yeah, um, definitely a fair assessment there. Um, what did you think of Fox tonight? You know, all banged up. I thought he was great. I thought he was great. Um, the team really took care of the ball uh, that started with Fox and kind of ended with Fox. Uh, he had one turnover in the game. That's, I mean, well, that, that's kind of what you need. If you're gonna get, if you're gonna generate 25 points, five assists, and one turnover, zero in the first half. Um, yeah, that's really important. The team only had nine turnovers. That's nice. I mean, that's what you need to do against a a team that you're fighting for a playoff spot with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can't argue anything. I think Fox played great tonight. Um, like you pointed out, the one turnover, I think the whole team, like you kind of said, did a good job of taking care of the ball, um, except for those last that last minute where they just gave everybody a heart attack of, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you got to – you got to be the Kings a little bit. You got to stay true to self. Right. But but yeah, Fox has been stay on brand. Right. Pretty much. <laughs> got to choke at least a little bit. Yeah. But you know, last ten games, fifty percent from three for Fox. He, he's he's confident in that shot. I, I think is something that's coming around a little bit. Um, and the confidence wears uh, varies a little bit with if it's going down, obviously. So um, we'll see if he's able to. Uh, keep that up, but uh, do you feel like if I asked you what was Fox's signature move, do you feel like there's one that comes to mind? Um, I mean, I don't know if it's a move. When I think of peak Fox, it's kind of him running the floor, but that's not like right. a move. Right. Or you could say, like, I mean, a chase down block would be somewhat in his uh, – his moves, like his signature moves, I guess. I, I would think of a chase down block when I think of Fox. But what gets me, like, and he did this today, um, actually I think he did it in the OKC game, but he does it pretty often, is when he's driving right, and a lot of times this is in transition, he goes up and then on his way Stops. down, yeah, on his way down, he shoots it with his left hand while the guy is, like, flying past him, and half his body is pretty much behind the backboard. But since he's using his left on the right side, he has so much time to still be coming down. And I swear he just does this so well. And mm-hmm. it, it, you protect the you protect the ball with your body since you're using your left on the right. And it's just it, – it's very interesting. And obviously it's kind of him just getting back to his strong hand, but – I'm starting to see Fox do that one a lot. And then you were saying the stopping in transition, right? There was that play today where two people went past him. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of, to be sure. When he he'll 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 make the break, but he knows he can feel a defender on him right behind him. Uh and it's so it's not even just the speed, it's the change of speed where he can he can take the fast break, but then he can stop on a dime and let guys blow past him and then just he just jumps up and is able to just drop it right in. Yeah, for sure. I can't say I wasn't scared he was going to miss that because there was a play earlier this year where he completely missed one of those after making a great move, and I don't remember who it was against, um, but it was just in some ridiculous sequence. I, wanna, I It might have been against Golden State, um, but yeah. Um, and then – one other thing, actually, I think I forgot to mention about this OKC game was that Buddy was on fire in this game, um, and at least towards the end there, and playing really well in the second half, and then doesn't play pretty much the second half of the fourth quarter. He did play the whole first half, but when you needed a bucket, and Bogdanovich was not good yesterday, 11 points, 4 of 14, shooting 2 of 9 from 3, you need a bucket, and Buddy didn't get back out there. Um, and then when I look at the box score at the end and it's like, man, he only played 26 and a half minutes, 
but he can get more minutes out there, and you know that he's in great shape. Um, it would have been nice to see him out there a little bit more. And and today, again, when you see him not out there for the a good stretch down the end, you got to wonder uh, how he's feeling about being sitting at the bench watching these games close out, right? Yeah, well, and, and this is the other – I mean, we can look at both sides of this coin, but that's the other thing that hasn't been lost on me despite kind of relying on highlights from last night's game is that Bogey hasn't really been killing it. I mean, he's been – he's he kind of invisible to me tonight. Um, you know, he was out there, but, like, he was not making – And they had Morant on him. Like, they were hiding Morant on him. Mm. I, That's I, concerning. I totally agree with you. I, I, it's been interesting that Bogey has not been um, the one sort of initiating the offense all the time. Um, and really, I mean, he – last year I think it was him and Giles having a really good connection and we're just not seeing that as much. But, yeah, I mean, I would agree. I think Bogey is – has kind of disappeared a little bit for some of these games. Um, and I don't really know – what there is to quite do about that, really. Right. I mean, I don't really know how you handle that. Um, because you're I'm, winning. You're winning, and then also you don't, I mean, you don't want to You don't want to upset anyone. Uh, you do want to keep things careful. Bogdanovich is not under contract, and I think obviously they have – the rights to match with him, but we've actually heard before from Sam Amick that Bogdan would prefer to start. Uh, like obviously he's not going out there and necessarily emoting that, but you do have to wonder if he's put back on the back burner or back on the bench if it's gonna, I don't know, if it's gonna make that any any diff- any more difficult when it's kind of it's already feels like a bit of a tenuous situation. Yeah, and I keep playing with with his number this off season. Um, at some point, yes. we'll we'll get into like the teams that have cap space since that's changed a little bit of the deadline. But yeah, I mean, is it like is fifteen million too low of like a four year sixty? Well, this is what I was gonna uh, ask you about in terms of playing with the number, and and tell me if this is a something you want to pursue here for a few minutes. But yeah, let's do it. Pl- playing with that number in terms of what else can be done because, like you've mentioned, you like Glenn. Uh, I think we both like Bazemore. Um, we both love Harry Giles, and these are players that are not under contract for next season. And there's not, you know, that much room to work with depending on where Bogey's number comes in, right? Yeah, um, but I, I do think that you kind of focus on top-end talent, and you saw how – somewhat easy it was to acquire the likes of, like, Lennon Bazemore, and I think that you can find those guys throughout the years. Okay, cool. I mean, I'm good with that. I just think that there's been talk of, like, man, I really hope the King not, – not from you, but just I've seen on Twitter and Sacktown Royalty and uh, all over the place, really, just Kings fans hyped up about wanting to bring Bazemore back, wanting to – you know, I think definitely, definitely people want to at least try to bring Giles back. Uh, obviously, that situation's a little bit tougher, but I don't know. We don't need to play with it too much. I just think I just realizing that uh, there just isn't. Here, let me break this down real quick. Um, the Kings have 103 million on the books already for next season, uh, and then there's 16 million already set aside for the cap hold for Bogey, which brings you up to 119. And then that's only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven players under contract. So you'll get three minimum minimum roster charges. You're up to one twenty-two. Um, so you've really only got uh, well, you you got some room to work there. You got some room to work there. But um, yeah, I don't know if you can even really bring back too many guys. I mean, if you add Giles to that, you're up to 126. And then, yeah, I mean, you can play around underneath the luxury tax, but you 
I don't know. I don't know if you can afford to give Bazemore much or Len much or or any, you know, bringing in another free agent of any quality on the MLE. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's that's fine. Like you somewhat live with it, and I don't know how much money is going to be out there for Bazemore because while this is a weak class at the top, I think there's decent role players. Like if you look at like a. Montrez Harrell, if you look at Gallinari, Marcus Morris, um, Van Vliet, Ibaka, like um, Jordan Clarkson, Joe Harris is going to be out there. I, I think there's a decent pool of role players that Bazemore's market will be somewhat interesting. Um, and, yeah, I mean, could be fairly low here. So, yeah, I mean, I think, obviously, like, like I said, I think you put the priority on bogey. Um, and, I mean, if we are – talking his number really quick, just kind of to get a ballpark of what you're thinking here. Um, what do you think of, like, a four-year $60 million? Uh, I think that's way too low. Okay. I think you're, I think you're way off. Yeah. I, I previously was at, like, a four seventy, um, and you still think that's too low, huh? You think he's oh, yeah. 20, $20 million plus? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. Okay. I think that he's yeah, – Explain to me in what world he is not on the level of Harrison Barnes or Buddy Hill. Um, no, he is on their level. That's that's uh, yeah, that's a fair point. I the guess paid both of those guys almost identical amounts above eighty-five right. million over four years. They set the market so hard on that level of player that like premium bench slash kind of like role-playing starter level. Like, right. there's no way they can look Bogdanovich in the eyes and be like, we're paying you, you know, $25, $30 million less than we paid Buddy Heald in, in Harrison Barnes. Yeah, I think, mm, yeah, that's a good point. So, I, I don't know. We'll we'll see where that comes around. Um, I, I think we'll, we'll really dive into that at some later point um, when – maybe when playoffs become out of picture or when the playoffs are over, if we're in the playoffs here. Um, and, and you know, the one other aspect of this Kent Bazemore thing means of him playing so well recently means you're not seeing Justin James minutes. Yeah, I mean, is that one-to-one for you? What do you mean? Like it, it's straight up like that's where the minutes would come from? Yeah. Um. I think pretty close to it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, you could cut some Barnes minutes. Like, he played 38 tonight, but I think he's pretty valuable. And I think that, you know, as much as I, I'm excited about Justin James and his future, um, I mean, you're it's, again, like you're you're winning right now. So I, I think it's kind of you keep rolling with what's with what's working for you here. Who do you think that Tolliver's minutes all went to? Because that dude got plenty of minutes, and that's who I was thinking Justin James could come in and take the minutes yeah. from. But then Tolliver dried up, and I guess they've just kind of been evenly distributed. Yeah, I think that um, we've seen Barnes at the four a little bit more recently, which I'm happy to see. I, I think he's best there. Um, I, I don't think he got a crazy amount of minutes. I guess looking through it here, he did have – a game of 22, a game of 17, uh, a game of 10. But besides that, I mean, it's all, like, single digits. So I, I don't think there was a crazy amount to be distributed between, like, HB and, and Professor Big Shots a little bit there. Yeah, I mean, that's where I was – that's when I was writing about James getting minutes, and that's where – that's when I was getting frustrated with the, with James not getting minutes. I mean, I, I think it was specifically that 22-minute night. Was that OKC? Against OKC? Um, yes. Yeah, that was the night that I wrote about it. I'm like, why does Tolliver need 22 minutes and, and right. Justin James gets... Oh, that was the terrible home loss. I was at that one. Yeah, that was that was horrific. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think I saw you there that night. Yeah, that was, that was a tough one. I was just like, I mean, and that's when James was really looking good every single time he had the, he had the ball, which was rarely, but... But, yeah, um, I mean, I'm totally fine with Bazemore. I don't know. I, I'm totally fine with him getting these minutes because he's absolutely showing the effort. I think also we, for a very long time, were talking about 
Ariza as as the guy that Justin James could supplant. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, and interestingly, I think uh, let's see what the log has it at here. But Justin James did come in for a second in that third quarter when things were going downhill. Uh, when Bielitsa, who is just terrible defensively, Omercod has my favorite thing. He says he's literally a traffic cone on defense, and it just could not be more accurate for Bielitsa. He'll occasionally show up and like have a nice block, um, but I mean. The Bielitsa Giles defensive pairing scares me sometimes. I put the broadcast on mute for a minute because Grant and Doug were extolling the virtues of Bielitsa's defense. Because uh, he was, stopped the Anthony Melted off the dribble. I was like, oh Doug, no. Doug like Doug said, I think he was like, man, how good is Manya Bielitsa on defense? <laughs> he might be the second best player defensively on this team. I was like, all right, oh, y'all are wow. getting muted right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, recently I've started watching these games on mute. Um, <laughs> that That's a rough one. Yeah, I don't know uh, how to feel about that one. But, yeah, I mean, like, yesterday for a brief moment, I, I think this lasted, like, not even two possessions before a timeout was called, but you saw Yogi, Buddy, Bazemore, Bielitsa, and Giles. And I was like, okay, who is going to slow down anybody? Yeah. Um, poor Yogi, by the way. Like, I feel like he doesn't even equate into, into any of the lineup discussions at all. And he remember how excited we were about Yogi Ferrell when he was signed? Yeah, I, I mean, going into this year, we kind of had him pinned as this third stringer. Um, and, you know, he got some okay minutes in that OKC game. Um, but, I mean, he's just very outclassed by the two guys above him. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the OKC might have been a season high. Uh, oh, he got – no, he had he had, a, he had a couple bursts of 20 minutes, I think, during the injury. The, the the rougher injury times. But, yeah, I mean, like, he is kind of just a full-on reserve at this point. He's getting the DNPs pretty frequently. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we don't talk about him at all in terms of coming back. I didn't even mention him at all in any of that Len talk and the Bazemore talk. I mean, do you think he's just he's, – he's out of the picture? Yeah, it doesn't really matter much to me. I, I think you could get, you know – a of Frank Jackson, like in Ish Smith is probably maybe a little bit above him, um, but I, I think you can get replaceable guys to be your third stringer um, that in case some injury, you need him to get some run and be fine. Yeah, fair enough. So you're, uh, so you're good with like, just to wrap up that, that thought for me, you're, you're totally good with the guys that are, the guys that are not under contract next year, other than Bogey, you just don't. It's it's it is what it is. So Bazemore, uh, Len, Farrell, Giles, Tolliver, those guys, if they go, they go, and it's not uh, it's not a big deal to you. Yeah, I, I don't think that you need to like folk make it the focal point to bring them back. I mean, I think if you can and it's reasonable, um, Bogey needs to be the priority first, and then if it you still can fit in some of these guys, sure. Um, obviously you're going to offer Harry that. I mean, the most appealing thing is that I, the most you can offer is, th- uh, what is it, $3.97 million, um, mm-hmm. and then an 8% increase on the second year and a player option on the second year. I guess. That's probably the most appealing thing you can offer him. Um, said it a bunch, and it's terrible that, like, you want to be – get a better offer than that. Right, he's going to be in Detroit or Charlotte. I hope that he goes to Boston so that you can continue to enjoy him. Oh, my God, I would love it. Um, wherever he goes, I'll be buying that jersey. So I uh, just hope he doesn't go to the Lakers because that would be a tough, tough person. That, that sounds like the worst Boston thing. Donate to charity. Yeah, no thank you. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a fine with, you know, making bogey priority. Um but, yeah, the next thing I want to do uh, to close out here is maybe we talk about this little three-game home stretch that they got coming up. Um, and we had identified this with Sanchez. We kind of went through the whole schedule. Um, mm-hmm. Great episode, by the way. I really enjoyed, like, walking that through with you guys. Thank you. I wasn't sure how it was going to sound since, like, 
I had the schedule in front of me while I was going through it. I wasn't sure if it was difficult to keep up, but I thought it turned out all right. Um, but, yeah, the next two games are, I mean, you you should win these games, like, fairly easily. It's Sacramento that's scary, but the way, the way that they've been playing recently, um, you really should be winning these games. I mean, Phoenix just lost to Detroit, I guess, but Phoenix is having – the start that Sacramento had pretty much where it's like, oh, is this the worst loss of the year? Um, so, but before that, you know, Detroit lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games in a row. Um, and then you're looking at Washington that, you know, Bradley Beal's going to score 50 points, but you're still going to win the game uh, because not a single guy on that team can play defense. Um, and then even you look at Philadelphia. No, you don't. I mean, but when you when you're talking no Simmons, possibly no, no Embiid, no. and a team that is nine and twenty one on the road, no, don't don't care. Yeah, but I mean, if you, you know, I'm just saying, you go into it, and all of a sudden you've won. What do you have here? You've won six of your last seven games. You're. I think you're just out there, never, never landed this. Oh, one. I'm hyped. I, yeah, I don't I'm all in. You can't just be like, well, they're going to win these next two games against teams that have beaten their ass recently. Like, Detroit beat their ass. Yeah, that with, game was terrible. With nobody on their roster. <laughs> like, like, everyone was hurt, and Detroit beat their ass. This is what you're so, here for, to bring me back to earth. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> we can get we can get there at least. Like, we can get there where it's like, hey, you know what? Like, they, they have a really, really strong chance of winning two games in a row here. And then stop your sentence. Like, because <laughs> then you got Philadelphia, Portland. On a Toronto, second night of a back-to-back. Yeah, New no, no, no. Orleans, the next Brooklyn, scary. Dallas, Houston, yeah. Orlando, New Orleans. Again, that's nine straight teams that could legit all be in the playoffs. Like, that, like right now, in terms of, like, the projections on 538 and a lot of the other reliable models that actually have Memphis missing – like those are nine straight playoff teams. It's not even. Yeah. It's not these last few games that have been. Well, Oklahoma City was is a obviously a playoff team, but they lost that game. So it's not even tonight's win against Memphis that's so impressive. It's like, and even if they beat Detroit and Washington, yeah, maybe they'll be hanging around like around you know in the middle of this pack of five or six teams that are fighting for one spot. Yeah, maybe like maybe they're in that mix. Maybe they're two games out. Uh, and they're, like, fully surrounded on all sides by Phoenix, by Portland, by the Spurs. The Pelicans are the big the one for Blazers. me. And the Pelicans, like, they're one of those six teams, and they've got whatever, a 10% chance to be the top of those six teams. But then they got nine consecutive games against probably all playoff teams in terms of these projections and models. And, and seven of those games are against, like, no question, really. No question. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, do you think Orlando is going to fall out of it? Probably not. Like, that seems um, unlikely. They just moved to seven seed, actually. Right. I mean, I mean, and Brooklyn is the other one. Like, and maybe, but like, I mean, the the sad sack. Yeah, I mean, it'd be the Wizards who they play uh, on Tuesday that would be moving in, I guess. So yeah. Shit. I yeah. Don't know. Well, I think that just makes these next two games even more important. That I think you need as much momentum as possible going forward. You know, and, and these guys really need to feel like it's possible. Um, and, and I think you know they come out with like a different energy to them if they feel like you know this is within reach. We're playing the best basketball um, we have all year. They're already doing that. And if you can convincingly win these next two games, then you give yourself some hope going into these because you're right. It's a very intimidating stretch where we're more than likely going to end up being like, well, that was fun. Did you see my tweet about where the Kings were this time last year? I did not. All right. Guess for me where they were in terms of the the eight seed uh, at this time last year. Um, did, they, did they ever have the eight seed last year? Because I know they were really bad to close the year last year. I mean, they were in the eight seed for like most of the. So years. they were in the eight seed. Then would be my guess. Uh, no, no. Um, I mean, they were in the eight seed for like most, like around all like the December, January, like they okay. Were, they were chilling in that. They like, were. They had already gone downhill at this point. 
Yeah, they'd already gone downhill, but they were still, like, way better than they are now, to be fair. Like, they, okay, so they were 31-31. and 31, uh, And, oh, wait, I'm sorry. They were at 500. I'm not sure what the exact numbers were. Uh, I think it was right around 31-31. And they were two games out of the playoffs. So if they, the, the reason I tweeted this out was if the Kings had won that Oklahoma City game, they would actually be closer to the eight seed than they were on the same time. You know, March 1st, 2020, they would have been closer to the eight seed than they were March 1st, 2019, which would just – when I when I saw that, I was like, what on earth? Like, this is done, does not feel like that. It does not feel like this season has gone better in terms of the playoff chances than last season, but it's pretty much the same. Yeah, which is – Interesting, like, I mean, when I've, because, I mean, I've been excited about these last five games, clearly. Like you said, you can hear it in my voice. Um, there's something to look forward to when you're turning on this game every night. Um, and I'll just latch on to anything that can get me a little bit of excitement. Um, but, I, I mean, like, how are, are quick are we going to, like, forget how bad this year kind of has been you know like when do you start to forgive that a little bit if you do I mean you already seem to have amnesia my friend I don't know I don't know what you what you expect me to forget I forget nothing oh no this is like no elephant in this way (laughs) and many others you know that Kevin line from the office is it no is it is it similar to that He's, it's like a fat joke, but he's like, in, he's like, I never forget anything. I, I'm like an elephant in that way, but he's like a very, very large man. So yeah. Oh, I know the office. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. I'm also a large man, just for the record. I don't think you're as large as you say you are. Not as large as Kevin's. <laughs> Kevin just got sponsored by a chili place, by the way, and he was like oh, teaching yeah. people how to make a certain type of chili, and I was like, this is genius. Like, how does this just happening? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyways, so next by the way, Go ahead. Sorry, I just I looked that up, and Sacramento was in the eighth seed for the majority of November and December. They okay. lost the eighth seed on December 30th and regained it for two days in February 11th and 12th, and that and then they were in ninth the rest of the season. Got it. Where do you look that up? Uh, basketball Reference super is super handy on that standings by date. And oh, you interesting. Can I didn't know that. View the entire season. Um, yeah, they were in ninth. Or better from, I mean, they were, yeah, ninth or better from February 2nd on, but just never, just only barely cracked that eight seed briefly and, and just couldn't couldn't close the gap. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm happy that there's something enjoyable going on um, in Sacramento basketball right now. And hopefully, I'm, I mean, it, it's hard to not, like, you know, if if they would have lost this game tonight, I would have been completely out of it. Like, this was a must-win. Um, the Detroit and Washington games, must-wins. Like, you lose one of those, I'm like, okay, my momentum's done. Uh, <laughs> I think that, you know, I'm probably ready to call it over um, because, I mean, it's just must-win games. Like, you, ha- if you're really trying to make this push, then you need to be better than these teams that are, um, Detroit's tanking. Washington's not, I guess, but they just don't have the talent. Um, so yeah, I mean, two two must win games coming up. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much all I got to say on that. Is that it? I think that's it. You got anything else? Who are you most concerned about in the? Who do you think ends up with the A spot? Hmm. I don't know, man. I mean, the models all love New Orleans, but then there's this J.J. Redick injury that people are trying to make into a thing. And yeah, what happened? Some hamstring thing? I guess. I, I don't know. I don't think we have a diagnosis or a timetable, but, yeah, I mean, New Orleans is, is freaking dangerous. So I guess I'll pick New Orleans. I just don't think it's the Kings. I think, I mean, you've got, 
you've got Dame Lillard on one team. You've got Zion and Brandon Ingram on another team. You've got Memphis in the in the uh, in pole position. You've got Coach Popovich on another. I mean, it's just it's just I don't see how I don't see how the Kings do it. But um, let's talk about something else real quick here as we wrap up. Brendan, um, baths? Are you a bath or a shower guy? Oh, you said you got into bath bombs recently. I saw you tweet this. Um, I am a shower guy, um, like scorching hot showers, but I can definitely get behind a bath. I don't do it very often, but I do enjoy them. Yeah, I don't think that I have taken a bath in like 15 years. I was showers only for almost all my life, but I've been getting into baths as you. So what tempted you to walk into Lush? Like, did you do this on your own? No, I mean, they're they're just, like, in, like, shopping malls, right? So, like, they're just kind of there. And, I mean, the, it smells good. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> Is that what gets you? You walk past, you're like, ooh. Yeah, it smells good. So, um, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it smells good. And I go in, and, um, yeah, it smells good. Yeah, and they got like the weirdest name for some of those. Like, do you what is like the bath bombs for you right now? Do you got the names? I don't have the names. I don't have the names down. Uh, my wife likes lavender scent a lot. Okay. I'm not so much a lavender guy. I got one that was like a purple pyramid, uh, with like a gold tip of the pyramid. <laughs> I don't. I don't really know how to explain this, but like, it's like it's not like a triangle. It's like a pyramid-shaped bath bomb. Right. Uh, it's like very. It's very king's king's purple, but like the top is a gold bar. It's, it's a Laker. No, I wouldn't say all that. <laughs> like gold, like very metallic gold. Uh, okay. That that thing, like, it, like that's a bomb, like. The whole bath, it gets, like, so purple. It gets, like, so I love purple. this sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> like, the thing explodes, and it gets so purple, and, it like, the water gets, like, really silky. Like, uh-huh. it's a very smooth, silky feel, and I'm into it. I'm getting, like, very in touch with my feminine side recently, Brendan. I'll tell you about that, all about that. It's because I have a wife now that, like, <laughs> has all these things, right? So, like, I never I was, like, I never was going to, like, try to explore bath bombs or candles and all this. Are uh, candles feminine? I love candles. I mean, listen, I'll send you a pic of me in the bath with oh, okay. candles lit, and you yeah. tell me if it's a feminine vibe. I think it's a I feminine I don't know if I want vibe. that picture, by the way. I think I'm good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what my followers want. That's the content they desire. So. Yeah. Lush, well, hit us up, by the way. I mean, listen. Uh, if Lush I and Wieners. <laughs> if I just get in a bath with a bath bomb and Dervina schnitzel bag next to me. Uh, what was the other one? And Yeah, and some beard oil. Yeah, man. It's... <laughs> I never, like, knew that I would like these things or try these things out. Uh, but then they're just sitting there and, like, all these scented candles. Man, this is this is the life. Light some candles. Dear listener, light up some candles, uh, pop in a bath bomb, and enjoy yourself. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It, so does the bath bomb, like, I know there is a bath bomb that, like, changes colors as it goes, as it, like, um, de- as it, as it gets used, I can't think of the damn word. Um, it, do all of them do that, or is it just like is what? Okay, what really is a bath bomb? Like I don't, I've never really used a bath bomb. Is there bubbles to it? Is it just color? Uh, that's a good question, Brandon. I don't have a great answer. It's not like what happens experientially. I can tell you, but I don't know like what it's made of. There's no. I didn't know anything changed color. Like it changes the the color of the water, but, like, once. 
Like okay. from from clear to like I believe there's, there's different ones that have that change colors multiple times like as it goes through its cycles. You know, that like sheds a layer of a certain color and gets to another. I'm super <laughs> Rich has them all the way tomorrow. Uh yeah, no, I didn't know that one. Um no, like it's just a scent and it's uh it's like really a texture thing. It's like the like water gets gets like really soft and that's that's the best part. The water gets like, soft. Okay. The water gets like soft. Like you come out of that thing and you're like slick like a <laughs> <laughs> you're just like fully greased up. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like how I want to feel after a bath. That makes sense. It it's like fizzy it's like uh you know, do you ever do you use lotions? Somewhat. I don't really use lotions <laughs> The few lotions I've used, like, you know how it makes your hands, like, slick? Yeah. Like, if you're using hand lotion? Yeah. Uh, It's like that, It's but it's your whole body. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I may have to try this. I may. <laughs> Do you live near Lush? Um, I have no clue. Yeah. No clue. I will have to check. I will figure it out and report back. Yeah, and if anyone happens to be listening to this in the bath, then let us know. By the way, I, I've been meaning to ask. Tweet us a picture. On, yeah, tweet us a picture. I was meaning to ask one person bought a T-shirt, and I need to know who it is. Like, nice. reveal yourself, whoever bought this T-shirt. Message us on Twitter. Let us know. Um, I'm very curious, very appreciative. Um, but I think it's going to do it, man. Unless you got anything more you want to throw out here about other feminine aspects of your life been going on? Mm, 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 mm. No, not really. I've, I've gotten super into wanna, teas. That's, I mean, is that, that's not feminine. No, it's not feminine necessarily. It's just something that I've gotten into recently. It's not feminine so much as, like, European. Yeah, no, it's that I have a British friend. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Shout out to Adam. Yeah, shout out to Adam. That's, uh, yeah, because I was, like, uh, yeah, he just taught me the right way to do it one time, and he's like, you know, you have to uh, let it seep for however long, and then you put some milk in it. I was like, what? You put milk in your tea? I was like, what the hell? It is great. That's the, oh, I love milk in it in tea. Yeah, and I, you mentioned you put a soup waffle in that bad boy. Let that melt melt up a little bit. Yeah, you don't put it in it. It's like the same circumference as the top of most coffee uh, mugs. So you just sit it on top of it, and then it like starts to seep into it. There was a Stroop waffle stand outside Golden One Center today. A stand? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So hit that up. Hit that up. Hit up some bath bombs. By the way, in terms of, like, feminine stuff, I'm not saying that there's anything, like, wrong with it. I'm, like, I am into this. I'm down with this. And, I mean, listen, this is, I'm not saying feminine to be pejorative. It's just these are things that are traditionally feminine. And I'll tell you, they're fucking rad. I'm very into it. Got to get into it, fellas. Yeah. You're missing out. Yeah. Get a wife first, then get into your feminine stuff. That's the, that's the order right there. Or, or yeah, I mean, don't miss out like I did for, for 30 years. Get, it, sure. other way get yourself oiled up. Get yourself old enough to find you a wife. There you go. Yep, that's going to do it. We're just going to end it right there. Um, thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of the King's Post Podcast. Hear from us again in the next couple of days.